Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion, then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any Major League Baseball game. If you miss only one leg of your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, let's bring in Dan. Dan's been in meetings all day. I suspect maybe some of that, Dan, has to do with a scheduling dilemma here with uh, Hurricane Ian making its way toward the Florida Gulf Coast there. Tampa squarely in the mix to potentially get hit. We hope everybody stays safe and can get out of there, but this is going to affect the Chiefs in primetime football this week. What's the latest? Yeah, very well could be. I mean, I think it'll uh, we'll know probably more in the next two days just how, you know, if this hurricane hits the Tampa straight on, there's definitely going to be some uh, – you know, residual over the weekend. It's likely they could move it. They, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't want to move it. It's a sellout. They they want the Mahomes, Brady at home, right? You know, there's they, the last thing they want to do is lose this football game, but they may not have a choice. So we'll see. It's a possibility they could go to uh, New Orleans. Possibility they could go to Miami. There's a possibility they could go to New England. Uh, they the Buccaneers are considering. You know, trying to keep this a home game a home team advantage right by taking it to new england that would be very interesting but i think the most likely plot spot right now they're talking is minnesota u.s bank stadium in minnesota so a lot of different contingency plans going on there and a lot in the mix you know you're talking about planes and crews you got to get television crews where they need to be there's seven eight semi trucks of television equipment to broadcast an nfl game so you've got to be able to get it from where it's at now to where it needs to be and there's just so much, so many uh, variables here. Dan, does this change preparation for Kansas City at all? The unknown of where they're going, or is it business as usual until the team knows where they're going and then they get on the plane and they go wherever they need to be going? Yeah, I think from a players and coaches standpoint, it's going to be business as usual. For us, I can't say that about the Buccaneers because they they've had to relocate their practices to Miami and. I, and, guys, you know as well as I do, you can take the players down to Miami and practice where it's safe, but they're still going to have concerns for their for their families that are back in Tampa Bay and for their for their property. You know, I mean, this is a major – I think the hurricane's up to Category 3 already, expected to maybe get to 4. So a lot of concern for the Bucks. But I think for the players and coaches here in Kansas City, I don't think it changes much. Of course, the traveling secretary's got his plate full, I'm sure, but – there's there you got to find a hotel that can hold you know 100 
you, you figure a normal hotel might have 150, 200 rooms, and you want 125 of those. There aren't a lot of hotels sitting around with that kind of vacancy. So a little bit for the uh, traveling secretary, a little bit of work for him, but I think players and coaches, it's pretty much business as usual. Well, and it, I mean, now you've got a lot of people getting out of Tampa, so those hotels in the surrounding areas are going to be uh, right. They're going to be full anyway. Um, all right, Dan, we'll, we'll we'll keep our you know our eye and our ears to that situation. The other troublesome situation is what happened in Indianapolis. I <laughs> I want to get to the woes of the game, but I think the biggest headline uh, taker of concern potentially, and it's one to jump into right at the top, is what happened at halftime there. A uh, little bit of a disagreement between Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, very out of character, seemingly for Patrick Mahomes, and it sort of reopens some potential wounds of you know, <clears throat> things that were talked about in the off season. You're close to things. What's the vibe you get there with that relationship and and how it is now, how it's been, and how it is moving forward? Well, both these guys are pretty fiery guys. I mean, you know, they they both get emotional about the game. I think for Mahomes. He wanted a chance, you know, and I, I get that, and I and I respect that, and I appreciate that. But I think Coach Reed, Coach Bieniemy, what they saw was Mahomes get put on his back on the third down play or on the second down play, and I think they thought for third down, these guys are going to bring an all-out blitz. They're going to get to Mahomes. Something could happen to Mahomes, and what's Mahomes going to do? Is he going to complete a pass to get the team just inside? the field goal range of Matt Amendola and then Matt's going to miss a kick. They just didn't have enough confidence in their kicker. And I don't think they wanted to expose their half billion dollar quarterback in a situation where it probably wasn't going to make a difference anyway. It really goes to speak in my opinion, more to the lack of confidence they had in Amendola than it has anything else. But I think, you know, Mahomes has wanted to play. And I think, you know, probably if you look back on it, it was the safer thing to do. Certainly when you look at the score, you question it, right? Because, Three points would have made a difference. But I think at the time, it was the the right decision, right call. Dan, I, I'm, I'm, you know, usually a, a glass half full guy. Uh, that's just kind of the way I live my life. And and so there's a lot of things with this game that were not good and that I know we're, we're talking about and we'll continue to talk about. But one thing that I thought was pretty positive, I thought Steve Spagnuolo called a great game. I thought defensively, the team played really, really well, despite not having Willie Gay. I thought Darius Harris had a great game. Nick Bolton looked really good also. What was your takeaway defensively from Kansas City? I agree with you completely. You know, I felt like, you know, they held them pretty well in check till that last drive. And, you know, I mean, even even letting a team score 20 with our offense, that should be enough defense to win. And, and really that, you know, there, there was just the stupidity with the Chris Jones issue and, and they kind of kept them – you could literally – I don't know if you could sense it on television, but certainly in Indianapolis, I could sense us feeding the energy to the Colts. The, the, every mistake we made, Matt Ryan got more and more intent, and, and they got more fired up and charged up. It's like we just kept giving them energy and momentum. And, and so at the end of that game, it certainly kind of unraveled on the defense. But I think up until then – they had a great outing, and just what you said, we didn't miss Willie Gay Jr. near as much as I anticipated that we might. I felt like we had some good pressure. It was just unfortunate with the Chris Jones deal, and, and you know, from my standpoint, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I, I can tell you that I think it's odd that we're in a league that now will throw a flag on words. I think that's a bit strange, 
But I also know that Chris Jones is mature enough. He's a veteran enough individual to know you can't do that. And you certainly can't do it in front of a referee. You know, it just, you put your team in a bad situation. And so I don't know what he said. He wouldn't, he says he doesn't remember what he said. I'm sure he, I'm sure he knows, but I just feel like it was one of those situations where it's the ref kind of took that moment to make an example of it. And I, I don't think they should have, I don't think you should take the, a moment like that to turn a game around. You want to find Chris $15,000 after the fact, do it, find him $20,000. If you think it was that egregious I, I, to me, turning the game over like that was an odd thing to happen over what somebody said. I'm sure Matt Ryan has heard worse. And so yeah. it, it just felt like an, an odd moment, but you can't do it. Right. I mean, that's, that's the reality. You can't make that mistake. And he, and he was any, he, any he sort of laid on top of him, which I noticed even before they got up and were barking, I was like, what is he doing? Get off the quarterback. You can't touch a quarterback in this league. I it just, it was to me, it was a series of, uncharacteristic and and bad decisions by Jones. All of those things, though, Dan, Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joining us on Sports Daily, all of those things seem correctable, right? Special teams mistakes aren't something that I would worry about long-term for the Chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones making a mental mistake that he almost never does. Travis Kelsey dropping a pass in the end zone that he would normally catch. Those are all correctable, weird week in the NFL, not that big a deal type things to me. What is becoming a big deal to me, though, Dan, is their inability to push the ball down the field. We can call that the Tyreek Hill thing if you want to. I I honestly think it was sort of an issue at times last year when Tyreek Hill was there. But this offense, if it can't get it down the field, like we're, we're just seeing it sort of spin its tires a little bit to me. And I don't know what the fix is. If it's not Sky Moore, what could be the fix with the roster in place to get to open things up just a little bit? Well, to your point, and I agree, you know, it's uncharacteristic to have that many mistakes in a single game. And when you do, almost no matter how you play, it's going to be difficult to win a football game. But I do think that we, <clears throat> I think to some degree, we exposed ourselves a little bit that speed is effective and Orlando Brown Jr. is going to have to figure out how to compensate. He was too slow in that game. And so they've got to have an offense that can handle the speed of a defense because frankly, that's what they're going to see out of the bucks. We all remember Devin white in super bowl 55. I mean, it's still too soon to talk about that. If you ask me 45 was MVP of super bowl 55, not Tom Brady, but the speed of a defense, and, and, and same with their special teams. They have the fastest special teams. The Colts have the fastest special teams in the National Football League. They have three guys with sub-4-3 speed, and that's very unusual. And you saw how effective it is, and it, and it rattled Sky Moore multiple times all day long, really, right? But I think the other thing that the Chiefs' offense really needs to be concerned with is they're right now extremely ineffective at third and short. And that's odd. That should be something that we would be uh, more effective. In fact, last year, we were one of the most effective teams at third and short. This year, we're one of the least effective teams. And that's a problem because you've got to move those change. And it's somewhat surprising to me as well because that really is where Isaiah Pacheco should be extraordinary. He's 20 pounds heavier than Hilaire, and he 
in my opinion, when you're asking two yards, that's the kind of uh, uh, situation he's built for. So I think the Chiefs are going to have to adapt their, their play calling a little bit here. The offensive line is going to have to figure out how to get back to that team that can rush block, and they've got to be able to convert on third down. It's just all there is to it. You've got to move the chains. Dan, to your point, I mean, you look at the running game last week for Kansas City. Edwards Elaire, seven attempts, no yards, one touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco carried the ball three times, nine yards. Jerick McKinnon got the most amount of carries, but he averaged less than three yards you know, each, each time he had the ball. What need, I mean, I know you mentioned the offensive line play, but is there anything else offensively that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy can do to maybe get these guys a little bit more success in running the football? You know, I, I think one of the things you can do with, you know, to counter speed is is screens and draws. You know, if you get if you get these guys using their speed to come after the quarterback, it makes it hard to then change directions and recover. And so, speeds and draw plays, I think definitely, you know, misdirection plays, all of that helps. But you know, you've got to find a way quickly. I mean, I felt like we failed to adjust at halftime to their speed. Now, again, the the game wasn't out of hand at halftime. So I, I mean, I don't want to say sometimes you can abandon your game plan too early. Right. But I, I just didn't see, you know, we had quite Edwards Hilaire was, was clipping it. I think 7.7 yards a carry prior to coming into that game to see him shut down to nothing just goes to show it has to be more than just one facet of play calling that, that was at issue there. Was it Clyde? You know, I, there were a couple of times it felt like guys were waiting for holes to open and <laughs> the Colts defense was just too fast to wait. You had to go forward and you had to go forward right now if you were going to get anything. So maybe a little coaching in that direction to say, hey, look, whether it's there or not, sometimes in these situations, you just got to go. You got to plow into that hole and hope, you know, you're not going to get maybe three, four, five yards, but we need you to get one or two yards. I think it would have made a difference in this football, in that football game for sure. And again, I think they're going to see this with Tampa Bay. I think you're going to see a repeat of Super Bowl 55. And in, in, in terms of defense, I think that's what you'll see out of Todd Bowles is that you know, it worked once. Why wouldn't it work again? Uh, it, Chris Collinsworth, Dan, brought something up in a very brief comment on Sunday Night Football that I heard that defenses are, are basically taking away deep balls collectively or they're trying to and offenses are having a hard time adjusting to it we saw that last year with the Chiefs that was definitely it definitely happened to Patrick Mahomes but it almost seems like it's becoming a trend across the league what's the answer to that because that is such a big part of of what the Chiefs have done over the years is it do you just have to sort of continue to take what you're given and and you know take it piece by piece or is there you know, is there a solution for offenses to fight back and be able to push it a little bit? Well, I, I think the primary is you just have to take the underneath. You know, if, a, if a, normally if a defense stretches vertically and they, they're giving you yards somewhere in the middle to do that, they're saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to step back, we're going to keep everything in front of us so that you can't – we're going to take the deep cover away. The problem with that is when you have a fast defense, they can just cover so much more ground. So stretching vertically isn't quite as uh, detrimental to a fast defense, especially when your linebackers are fast because they can cover the run and then drop back and recover in coverage. 
using their speed. So I, I feel like in those situations, you really have no choice but to say, hey, look, we're not going to get 50-yard pass here. We're going to have to make 10 five-yard passes and, and, and just kind of, you know, sort of Hank Stram matriculate your way down the field, right? But, uh, you know, I didn't really feel like we saw that last Sunday. And, and, and to some degree, if you can't protect the quarterback enough, uh, you know, if you can't give him two seconds in the pocket, you have no choice but to take those little three and five yard in and out patterns and, you know, the jet sweeps of the world. And it's just, if you're not going to give your quarterback any time, the deep ball's not there anyway. And so in this situation, they took the deep ball away by getting to the quarterback quickly instead of what a normal defense would do where they they take those safeties and back them up four or five yards. And and I really felt like they just had so much pressure on Mahomes. And, and Mahomes has tried this year to stay in the pocket, right, to do more from the pocket. But, man, when the pocket collapses quickly like that and you're giving a quarterback 1.4 or 5 seconds to do his thing, it's just not enough time. Dan, real quick, I want to go back to what we talked about a little bit ago with the Eric Bieniemy and, and Patrick Mahomes situation. And, and just real quick, I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on LaShawn McCoy and, you know, the, the words that he said about Bieniemy. And um, now you've kind of got former players going back and forth about all of this. In your mind, the words that guys like LaShawn McCoy say on social media, does that find its way into the locker room at all? Is there anything where current players are – you know, feeling like it, it kind of becomes a distraction? Well, you know, I would say, does it find its way into the locker room? Yeah, in some ways. You know, I mean, it, these guys hear more than we give them credit. You know, they they all like to give you the coaches speak where, oh, yeah, we just we don't pay attention to that. You know they do. And so uh, to answer your question directly, I don't know for certain, but I, I feel like, and, and the other thing I would tell you about a locker room is even when everybody's on the same page, there's very often a difference of opinion about everything, you know, from, I remember, you know, at one point in the nineties, Derek Thomas started a JFK conspiracy thing through the locker room. And I mean, everybody had their take on it. Right. So, you know, they're opinionated, everybody's got an opinion and, and so they wear that on their sleeves sometimes. And I think in general, Eric Bieniemy is considered to be a strong motivator, uh, a good coach. And, and the way they look at those things is that, uh, you know, it's just a, a moment of emotion on both parts. You know, it's not really a, a blister that needs to be, or, you know, something that needs to be cut out surgically. I don't think it's a systemic overall problem. It's, uh, w- well, we appreciate that insight, Dan, because it, I know people are, are uneasy about it. Uh, but it, it, it's something we'll, we'll watch. It, the camera catches something, and we run with it. I mean, that's what happens. We speculate. We look right. at it. And, and, and <laughs> that's, you know, cameras are everywhere. They're always watching. All right, Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. We appreciate uh, you being flexible and getting in here today. We'll keep our eye on the scheduling. I know that's going to be a mess for you guys as you're trying to put together a broadcast. You don't know where you'll be. You don't know what time it'll be, all those things. So good luck this week, uh, and stay safe wherever that might be. Appreciate it, guys. Go Chiefs. All right, there goes Dan Israel. If you missed anything, always on demand, KFH, kfhradio.com. We'll come back, wrap up Sports Daily after this. I'm just trying.